the saying, cart before the horse? Well, Mike, we think you've put the cart before the horse. Have you ever thought about how stupid that is? Really, I mean, have you ever known anybody to do that? Uh, even if it's not a horse and carriage, have you ever known anybody put a boat in front of his car? Uh, a trailer in front of his truck? Much less a cart in front of the horse. Nobody does that. You've never seen anybody do that. Yet we have the saying because it is one of those things that is so obvious that nobody would ever do it. But we do it all the time. There are lots of those moments, aren't there, when we do the second thing, when we haven't done the first thing yet. And believe it or not, one of those things is prayer. We're going to read a very familiar passage this morning. We're going to talk about it. And when I start reading it, some of you are going to get mad because you read this passage, you tried this passage, and it didn't work. Well, it could be that you put the cart before the horse. You put Thanksgiving before or after your petitions. But according to Paul in Philippians 4, it starts with Thanksgiving. Let me show you what I mean. Stand with me in honor of God's word. Verse 6, don't worry about anything. Other translations will have don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. When we read the story of your ministry on earth, the one thing that surprises us is that your disciples gathered around you with this question, teach us to pray. We would have thought there would have been a lot more things that they would have asked you, but they wanted to know how you prayed. So like them, we stand in line behind them asking the same question, wanting the same answer. Lord Jesus, in this moment, teach us to pray. And we pray this in your name. Amen. This is one of the most underlying passages in all of the New Testament. Did you know that? We have software now that can tell us how many passages are underlined and how many times they're underlined. This is one of those passages that is underlined more than anything else. You remember it. You've probably had somebody quote it to you when you're going through a hard time. You've probably quoted it to someone else. Hey, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, make your petitions known to God. Did you see what happened? Did you see the miss? Look at the verse. Put your finger on it. Make your prayers and petitions known with thanks. Giving. The prayer starts in thanksgiving, not anxiety. Now, most of us hear this sentence, 
Don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything. And we go, oh, that's me. I'm worried. I'm anxious. And we run right to God like a, like a, a panic child going, daddy, 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 daddy. <gasps> and we're talking so fast, nobody can understand us. That's not what Paul says. Paul says when you're anxious, when you get caught in that cycle and you don't see anything good happening, you begin your prayer with thanksgiving. Now, you're saying that won't work. If I'm anxious, the only thing I'm consumed about is my anxiousness. The only thing I need to deal with is my anxiousness. If I'm anxious and I'm worried, if I'm up against something, if I realize something is chasing me, I want God to stop whatever he's doing, deal with my problem, then I will be thankful. But I don't want to be thankful before he's dealt with the problem. And you miss the whole teaching. How does it work? All right, here's the way it works. When you're coming to something where you're anxious, big problem, something bad is trying to eat me and I am worried about this, you go back to the point where you were thankful. And then in gratitude, you grow in your confidence that God will handle this. Okay, let, let me make it a little more personal. Uh, as you know, Jeannie and I, my life, and our life is about to change. Uh, and we're going through a lot of decisions right now about what that change will mean and how we will live. My wife, bless her heart, doesn't like change. And you're saying, well, she's lived with you for 43 years. Well, that's another miracle. We'll talk about that later. Okay. But, but she doesn't like change. And now she has a million questions. What about this? What about that? Have you made a decision about this? Have you looked at that? No. Uh, my deal is I'll handle it when I get there. You know, not hers. We've got to have all the little ducks silent or she can't move on. That's just her. Okay, some of you are like that. And you can get caught in anxiety. Well, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? So you start making decisions. Well, you want to downsize? Well, yeah, if we did, we'd have to buy, uh, we'd have to go to Huntsville, my house. Because you can't buy a house here. If you sell it, you can't buy one. You know, so, you know, this doesn't, so you see how that works. Okay, let me tell you how this goes. We go back. Remember when we were first married. And we were living in an apartment in seminary. I made $50 a week working for a local church. $50 a week. We were broke. You know what broke means? You don't have any money and no money's coming. Broke. How'd we do? We did all right. Jeannie was a nurse, took care of things. We never missed a meal. We did okay. Did God take care? Yes. Do you remember when you got your first job after we were married and Jeannie comes home upset because she's got to get new uniforms and those uniforms are going to cost $90. She didn't know it, but I'd already received a check in the mail for $100. 
I'd already spent it two or three times. <laughs> Jeannie comes in crying. I don't know what we're going to do. I said, well, here's the money. Go buy your uniforms. Where did it come from? I don't know. She says, what's the other $10 for? I said, well, I guess we're supposed to tithe. He was faithful when we were broke. He was faithful when we needed $90. Do you remember when Chris and Craig were born? Our insurance didn't cover well baby. They were born in February. Taxes were due in April. All of a sudden, we go from being debt-free to being $8,000 in debt. Now, when you're 20-something, newly married, $8,000 might as well be a million. You don't have any way that you're going to pay that. You don't know what you're going to do. Took care of that. Remember when Chris and Craig went to college? And we sat down with our banker and our fan, and the best plan we could come up with left us $20,000 in debt with the boys graduating. And Gene and I would be $20,000 in debt. Through a series of events, most improbable, we're sitting at a table with attorneys and everything, and all this thing is breaking loose. And all that thing is happening, everybody signs a paper, and everybody at the table looks at me and says, we have never seen this happen. Not only did it pay for Chris and Craig's college, but we were debt-free at the end of the process. Was God faithful? Thank you. Now we're at this part of our life. God handled that, handled that handled that, I believe he'll handle this. See how that works? You go back, I am grateful. I thank you for this. I thank you for this. I remember and I thank you. Now, be faithful again. Make your petitions and prayers with thanksgiving. It starts with thanksgiving. Now, I know I'm teaching you a new thing. You haven't done it this way before. And if you go home and try to do it by yourself, you're probably going to pull a muscle or something. Okay? So we're going to teach you how to do it this morning. For the next few minutes, I want you to only praise God. I only want you to speak your thanksgiving, nothing else. I don't want you to get into your prayer list or anything. I want you to be grateful. I want you to say, I remember and I'm grateful. Now, Travis is playing because anytime you do quiet in a Baptist church, somebody has to cough. Okay? He's covering all of that. Okay? So he's going to sing over you while you pray. Don't do any, don't rush it. I pray you pull a muscle, and I don't want that to happen. I just want you to learn how to do this. With thanksgiving. So pray now. Practice your gratitude.
two minutes about two minutes that's all starts with your thanksgiving that way it gives you confidence then to deal with your anxiety now now this is not this is not new remember when David went up in front of Goliath and everybody says what gives you the confidence that you can take this man down and David replied I killed the lion I killed the bear. The Lord will give this man into my hands as well because I am confident. Now, in everything, did you notice that? Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. Now, do we pray about everything? No, we don't. One, because some of us have a foolish uh, uh, thought that says there are some things that are too small to bother God with. There are some things we ought to be able to handle on our own. Okay, let's back up, way back, okay? One, we can't handle anything on our own. Okay, so you need to pray about everything. Also, it is in the small things that Jesus teaches you how to deal with the big things. So if you're not faithful in small things, you'll never learn how to handle the big things. So you learn to pray about everything. Pray about relationships. Pray about your marriage. Pray about your job. Pray about what school you go to. Pray for your classes. Pray for your neighbors. Pray uh, to Jesus about everything. And in that, he will teach you to go from small thing to bigger thing. Now, the anxiety comes when you get caught in this fear loop that nothing ever is going to happen good. Anxiety, if you're anxious about something, you ever hear anybody say, well, I'm anxious to see Christmas. No, you're not. You're eager. Okay, eager means I'm looking forward to good things. Anxious means I'm seeing bad things happen. I am anxious. 
I only see bad things happening. And you can get tied into that to the point that you will never see anything good happening. Our world is a knot of anxiety. A lot of it came out of COVID and how we handled it. Uh, because we spent so much time by ourselves, a lot of us became consumed with worry. And um, hold that thought. Listen. In a group this size, there's someone who is dealing with acute anxiety. And you don't know how much you can put up with. You don't know how much more you can take. And our nation is facing an epidemic of suicide. If you're here and you're beginning to worry that maybe you can't take much more, maybe you're beginning to think that way the world would be better off without you, you are wrong. Hear me. Please, we love you. And it matters to us what happens to you. And if you're here and you're hurting, that's okay. We're waiting to see you right after the service in the Welcome Center. Don't go home with that anxiety riding you. I beg you. Okay? Now, it is in everything that you take your petitions and prayers and you list them. Why? Because there's something about naming the enemy. And we do it in the presence of the Father. Okay? It doesn't do a whole lot of good if I'm outside by myself and I say, this dragon's trying to eat me. I'm still scared. If I get in the presence of the Father, here's what I know. There may be things after me, but none of them can beat the Father. The Father defeats them all. Nothing after me will succeed. So I make my list known. Here are the things that I'm anxious about. Here are the things I'm worried about. And I make that prayer list. And the peace of God will grant, will guard your heart. Now what kind of peace do you put on a perimeter to guard your heart? You know what that means? Uh, how many of you remember Psalm 23? In the presence of my enemies... He prepares a table before me. That's what Paul is talking about. In the middle of a world that's trying to destroy you, the Lord makes a table and asks you to sit down. You're home. You're safe. You're at peace. So we're going to give you a few minutes now. Just in your prayers and petitions, make it all known to God. Let's pray together.
church I grew up in. It was the invitation song for Sunday nights for some reason. Whenever I hear it, my first thought is, well, the service is almost over. That changed a few years ago. As you know, my mom came and lived here for the last four years of her life. On Tuesday morning, she would come to nurture team and I would bring her and we would get here too early for nurture team. So I would bring her in here. And she would sit right at that piano. And she would play. She made me buy her these big note, big print hymn books. They're about 75 pounds a piece. And I had to walk in and carry it like a pack mule walking in behind her. And I'd put those hymnals up and she would tell me what page to turn to and I would turn to it and she would never look at the hymnal again. She would just play. And then one time she prayed this song. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. And I was sitting right there. And I leaned forward because it hit me. My mom had stopped playing the piano. My mom was praying. Oh yes, the dementia had been rough on her. She had lost a lot of herself. But for some reason, the music stayed with her. And in the only language she knew, she was telling Jesus, I'm in a place I don't want to be. I'm having to do things I don't want to do. My son is running, ruining my life. Do not pass me by. While on others thou art waiting, do not pass me by. the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. When you know that when I pray, I'm in his presence. And 
when I'm in his presence, I'm safe. You belong to him. And you're safe with him. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, bring your prayers and petitions with thanksgiving to God. And his peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind. While on others, you're calling. Do not pass me by. Let's pray together. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I don't want to do anything to put you on the spot or embarrass you. I don't want to do that. I do want to be real with you, though. It is not God's will that your life be tied up with anxiety and frustration. You are called to live in the freedom that comes from his son. We want to have an opportunity to tell you more about that. We're waiting for you in the Welcome Center. Don't leave with your questions unanswered. Don't leave tied up in a knot of anxiety. Wherever you are, the Lord is waiting for you where you are. The church will wait for you as you come. Lord Jesus, every life is now open before you. We pray every decision will be exactly what you